Welcome to episode 152 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, I wanted to mention a new-ish feature on Teachers Pay Teachers that I've um, been using more lately and that I've found really helpful. So they've launched a new thing called ESOL by TPT, and it is a kind of a... um, PDF editor, but you can mm. also link it to a Google Classroom to have your students submit answers. Um, I've mostly used it just kind of like live in real time with students, but it's an easy way to pull those PDFs that you've had on TPT and are trying to find somewhere on your computer to have them all in one spot and then have some really nice tools like just easy highlighting and annotating and drawing on things. So it's been um, something that I've used more and more of my PDFs from teachers, pay teachers on that app, just because it's really easy to be able to do those things really quickly. That's, that's cool. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, there's not, um, you kind of have to look for, there's certain uh, other products that people are selling that they'll say like it, that it's, you know, um, made for ESOL or is available mm. on ESOL. So it's not everything that is available on it, but the ones that are, I find it just really easy to do. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great resource. Mm-hmm. So when when are you going to open your Teachers Pay Teachers store? <laughs> um, I don't know. When my kids uh, start sleeping <laughs> through the night, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. You have... Tons of ideas. Yeah, I do. I have lots of ideas. The execution is still (laughs) up in the air, but I have lots of ideas. (laughs) Yeah, that's what people tell me. You you keep keep coming up with those ideas, Todd. Yep, yep. But yeah, and then they walk away. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm in the same same category with you. Lots of ideas, but just trying to find the ones that will work. Make them work. Yeah, is the problem. So speaking of good ideas, um, we have Sarah Brashears on today from Social Moguls, and she's going to talk about her journey of going from speech language pathology into social marketing, social media marketing, and working with practices, private practices, and other SLPs and OTs. So I'm excited to have her on. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I'm a co-host of Telepractice Today with my dear friend, Kim Allen. And I just wanted to take a moment and ask you a favor. You see, we at the 3C Digital Media Network, yes, and I am also the CEO of 3C, as we call it, we need you. We need you to... Maybe develop a webinar that we could distribute for you. Or maybe it's a course that you have in mind that you'd like to share your knowledge and skills. We would want to do that with you. We can help you distribute, produce, and distribute all of those things. 
we have blocks that you could do. Maybe you want to start in this whole wild world of online publishing and online media, and you want to start with a blog. We would be very happy to host that blog on our website. So if you have some ideas about blogging or a webinar or maybe a course that you'd like to offer, or maybe you have an idea for a totally new podcast, you may not know this, but we actually produce five podcasts and it's growing. And so who knows? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. We would love to talk to you. In fact, I would love to talk to you. I would love to showcase what you're doing, your knowledge and skills, no matter what it might look like. Course, webinar, podcast, blog, doesn't really matter. You can reach out to me at Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. That's T-O-D-D at the number 3, 3C, C as in cat, digitalmedianetwork.com. And I will be in touch. Thank you for considering this. And we'll talk soon. So, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Can you share more about your background? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to talk with you all today. So I am a speech pathologist who found speech pathology on accident. Um, I enrolled into the Intro to Communication Disorders course, thinking that it was more sociology than all about speech pathology. And I listened mm -hmm. to you know, everyone on the first day talk about why they're here and why they want to be a speech pathologist and how a speech pathologist had changed their life or their family's mm -hmm. member life. And um, I was like, hey, th this is it. I, I found it. I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this was not an accident. Um, and so I became a speech pathologist. I canceled my plans to graduate, um, took leveling courses and then applied to grad school. Um, and so I worked clinically for about eight years and um, I've done everything from schools, private practice, um, acute outpatient, back to the schools, back to acute. Um, and along the way, I had started a Teachers Pay Teachers store um, mm -hmm. to make my own materials because whenever you're first starting out, you don't have any. And so um, to promote that, I started a blog and I started an Instagram and a Pinterest and just picked up a lot of um, skills that I never knew that I would need along the way. And in 2020, I'd had a few people reaching out asking for me to help them with their social media. And um, early 2021, a friend who is also an SLP was running for Senate and I helped oh. run the social media campaign or social media part of her campaign um, and just realized that I had skills that not everyone has. And I understood uh -huh. um, more about social media and marketing than the average bear. And so mm -hmm. um, decided to really lean into that and make a business out of it. And so 
here we are almost three years later, and um, it's grown bigger than what I ever, ever dreamed it would be. That's great. That's great. That's a that's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so I have to ask, how how is uh social media marketing or marketing in general from a politics perspective, how does that differ from uh SLP private practice or practice perspective? Um, well, it is a little bit different because mm. your your audience is a little bit different, but it all goes back to the thing that SLPs are really, really, really good at, and that's connecting with people. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we were, the content was very different for my friend's Senate campaign <laughs> from mm. what you would expect to find on a private practice page. Um, but it, it all comes back to that connection and um building building connections with people through your phone and people that you Mm -hmm. have never met and you know you're either showing them the value of your practice or like with my friend molly we were showing them the value that she could bring to the state legislature um Mm -hmm. so it's all about connection and communication and slps are really really good at that we are good at that It's a job. Yep. Yep. So it was all just kind of like learn as you go. Was there any like places that you looked for trainings or materials? It was all just trial by fire. Um, for the most part, I I did lots of Googling. I downloaded, you know, everybody has like their freebie that's kind of like their lead magnets. Like you yeah. can download this freebie and we'll give you 10 tips to grow your Instagram if you give us mm-hmm. your email. Or, you know, five tips to explode on Pinterest if you give us your email. And so (laughs) I did lots of those um, and lots of like the free 30-minute webinar. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of trial and error, a lot of Googling, a lot of um, just kind of fumbling your way through and figuring it out as I I went. which that's kind of what I try to help people avoid now. <laughs> the fumbling. Yes. yes. So what would you say if someone's like, why? I, I feel like not very many people would ask this question. But some people might say, why do I need social media as a speech therapist? Why should I even touch it? How do I do it without like violating HIPAA and things like that? <laughs> what's what's your advice question, for those yeah. starting out? Yeah. Um so there are definitely people that I have come into contact with that haven't understood the value of it yet. And mm-hmm. it's really like become one of my favorite conversations to have mm-hmm. <laughs> in the beginning. It was not, um, but there's just so much good that can come out of it. Um, as SLPs, we've all seen the dumpster fires in the Facebook groups and, mm-hmm. you know, there's literally a Facebook group called dumpster fire <laughs> or mm-hmm. the, their picture is a dumpster fire. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think everyone is more um, acutely aware of those situations than we would like to be. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is some really, amazing relationships can form with people that you would never, ever have the opportunity to come into contact with in real life. Um, I have met several of my 
closest friends now through Instagram. And um, one of them, I'm thinking off the top of my head, Michelle Dawson, she's phenomenal in the Mm -hmm. pediatric feeding world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I consider her like family now. And we knew each other for a few years on through Instagram, never met in real life. The first time we met in real life, I was landing in her town to spend the weekend with her family. And last weekend, she flew to my home state to present um, to the grad programs there about pediatric feeding as mm-hmm. like from a connection that was made at ASHA um, through me with one of my previous supervisors. And so just so, so many different ways of like connecting this huge web of all of the SLPs um, and really like, I think we all benefit from having more connections like that, you know, being able to say, Hey, I have this friend who's really great with pediatric feeding. It's not my thing. I, it's not my area of expertise, but I know someone. So let me, let me connect you. Or, you know, I have a supervisor from grad school that she's phenomenal with head and neck cancer. I don't have as much experience with it. So let me connect you with her. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, being able to be more of like a resource for people who need us um, and being able to say, you know, I may not have the answer, but I know people who do. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I've also seen, you know, people come into the social media world. um, And one in particular, I remember her reaching out and messaging me and she, she was so new. She didn't understand what hashtags were. And I watched her go from that place to establishing herself online and within the SLP community and becoming an invited speaker um, because of connections that she had made online. And so it's just truly like the sky is the limit with connections that you can make. And um, it's a whole heck of a lot easier to connect with people all across the map whenever we're all on the same app on our phone, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so those are just connections that we wouldn't be able to make without social media. Yeah. So the other half of my question, which I shouldn't have wrapped those all into one, (laughs) what, what's your tips for things like HIPAA and um, client privacy concerns when um, SLPs are thinking about sharing more of like maybe clinical tips and things like that on um, like Instagram or or Facebook? Um, so I actually, I gave a presentation for social media last night and this was a question that we had. So I love whenever things come back around like this. Um, so when in doubt, always ask whether it's the parent or the, the client themselves. And whenever it's someone that you have established a relationship with, most of the time they're going to say, yeah, like, use that picture, use that video or whatever, um, share our story because they know that it can help someone else mm-hmm. in the same way that you're able to help them. Um, so ask, get it in writing that you have a release, cover yourself. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, I feel like most of the time parents or the the client themselves are willing to let you share because they can see how that can lead to helping other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah is is video necessary these days in social media? 
So my um, golden rule is you don't have to do anything in your business that you don't want to. And <laughs> whether oh, it's speech pathology, I'm done. <laughs> Can I still have a business? <laughs> now, oh, now, there are consequences for all the things that you refuse to do in your business. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I work a lot with private practice owners and just business owners in general in the SLP world. And nobody starts a business because they like to be told what to do all the time. So <laughs> I think, you know, whenever it comes to social media, yes, there are things that are going to help you grow and there are things that will help you grow faster, but yeah. if that doesn't feel authentic to you, if that doesn't feel um, true to your brand for you to be like, on reels, dancing and lip singing and pointing at things that aren't really there. Don't do it. There's other ways to grow. There's, there's so many different um, formats and just different ways that you can show up on social media that if there's something that you have a deep resistance to, it's okay. You don't have to do that. <laughs> um, I do encourage video though, because it is mm -hmm. so massively valuable. Right. And I My, feel like there's pretty soon there's going to be no more pictures on Instagram. I feel like it's going to be all videos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just get so much out of, especially short form video. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite content creators that I follow is Erin O'Brien and she does recipes and she will show you how to make this wonderful decadent Italian recipe that you have like the best dinner ever whenever you're done in like 12 seconds in her reels. And so um, there is massive value in short form video. And um, I think that it kind of meets that whole, um, like we want it and we want it now, mm -hmm. or like we want it and we want it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, the short attention span and the like immediate satisfaction. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you get that with reels and with TikTok. So there's definitely value there. So do you like the pointing to the air and the word appears videos, short <laughs> videos? Because they drive me nuts. Because it seems like <laughs> it was like the months ago it was like the first few I saw. Oh, that's, that's clever. That's, that's interesting. It's a great way of presenting information and stuff. But now it's kind of overdone it's kind of one of those things just from my perspective it's yeah kind of overdone yeah um so i think if you're able to like tell a good story through that or you're able mm -hmm. to give some really insightful information then those are great um something that i prefer over that is kind of like the magic wand so instead of you're Ooh. just like pointing like boom boom <laughs> it's as you move your hand then maybe like the text appears in a circle or it mm, like flows down the page it's just like yeah. a little bit different visually um mm -hmm. and i think it has like a little more magic to it <laughs> so how any tips for like, you know, kind of staying ahead of the like trends like that? Like it was the trend that everyone was doing the finger pointing thing. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you know what's the next thing that you should try and and show everybody? Or how do you know that things are like overdone? <laughs> yeah. Um. So 
as far as trends wise, usually things will trend on TikTok two to three weeks before they trend on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and you can actually go look and TikTok will show you what is trending currently. Um, And if you can get in on those trends early on, then like that gives your content a longer shelf life. Uh, So that, that is definitely helpful if you're looking to grow. Um, And then as far as like what, what is kind of played out, I think being a consumer of content is so important. Um, You know, you don't want to like get sucked into the rabbit hole of like scrolling for inspiration. And then you look up and it's 3 (laughs) a.m. That's never happened to us. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Right before we logged on, I was telling Todd that I was taking a break from social media because I go in those spirals and then I'm like, okay, it's 1 a.m. and I'm still watching reels. I, we need mm-hmm. to do something else yeah. with my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, TikTok has videos that like after you've been scrolling for so long, it'll pop up and I'll be like, hey, maybe you should take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Netflix. Are you still watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's good to um, be consuming content because that helps you to know like, just what's going on and being able to find those trends early and to also realize whenever content has kind of moved away from different trends. Uh, But within reason, I think that having like time limits or whatever boundaries you want to put on your social media consumption is a very healthy thing for um, just mental health in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I, that I feel like it's something that we're always balancing though, right? Because social media is fun and it it's a good distraction. You know, if you're feeling sad or if you're down that day, like it kind of gives you, um, I want to say that it's dopamine, it gives you like that dopamine flow. And so um, it can be easy to look up and it'd be 3 a.m. So consume the content so that you know what's going on, but also like maybe set a timer on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was listening to one creator that they had a phone that they like just I like an old phone that they just used for TikTok and they would put it in one of those boxes that has like the combination lock on it. <laughs> so they would get it out, cre- you know, like scroll for a little bit on TikTok, create something on TikTok, and then they'd put it back in the box with the combination on it. I like that, that is, idea. That is a serious uh, boundary. A, yeah, yes. Extreme ba- boundaries. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I use like the different focuses. I have an iPhone and I use the different mm-hmm. focuses and that has helped me a lot because, and I, in full transparency, I have all of my social media notifications off all the time. Um, but using focuses within my phone helps me to like be in work mode. And then whenever, you know, 6 PM hits all of my notifications for my work apps, disappear and I'll get them at 9am tomorrow. Um, so yeah, that's been something that has been like very helpful for me in Mm -hmm. having boundaries, (laughs) maybe not quite as effective as like a lockbox, but (laughs) (laughs) so other than, you know, kind of posting things that have not trending anymore, what are some big pitfalls that you see people, um, doing when they're trying to use social media? 
So this is my favorite question because there's one in particular that I see all the time and it is truly, I think the most detrimental mistake that you can make. Um, and so people ask me a lot, you know, what do I post and when should I be posting? Is there a certain time of day? Where should I be posting? Which platform should I be on? Um, how often should I post? Do I need to post every day? Can I post every other day? And the question that I see people forget far too often is who, who are you speaking to? Who are you posting for? Because that drives the answer to every other question that you could ask. Mm -hmm. And when you have a deep, deep, deep understanding of the intricacies of your ideal client that you're posting for, you can serve them in such a better way. Um, You can create content that's deeply valuable for them that they're going to save and they're going to want to come back to. You can create content that's wildly engaging for them that they can relate to, that they're going to share with their friends. And, you know, those are all things that we want, um, like to propel your growth, but more than anything, you're serving that community that you're building. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have the who at the top of mind for everything that you're creating, then you're kind of like, it's like you're, I don't know. It's worse than throwing spaghetti at a wall. That's what I was going to say. Something, one of those. (laughs) Seeing what sticks. Yeah. But you're like, it's almost like you're throwing spaghetti at all four walls at the same time. So that, that truly is, you know, I see, like, like I said, I work with private practice folks a lot. And, um, as speech pathologists, or I work with OTs sometimes too, we have this writing style that is like a soap note, right? It's very clinical. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. use terminology that other SLPs and OTs and physicians and our team, you know, all of our Mm -hmm. colleagues understand. But on social media, if we're speaking to parents, or maybe you're speaking to the adult child who is now the caregiver for their parent, um, we need to speak their language. And if you're not speaking their language because you're creating content that was really for you or for your colleagues, um, Mm -hmm. for other SLPs, um, you're not reaching them. You're not going to resonate with them. They're going to feel overwhelmed whenever they read your content. They're not going to feel any kind of connection to it. And then you really are throwing spaghetti at the wall and it's not going to stick. Um, (laughs) So, and even just coming back to like looking at your branding, we should still have mm-hmm. who you're marketing to in mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is like the most foundational mistake that I see people make. And um, I have a course on social media for SLPs, and that is like the first thing that we dive into. And people are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to talk about this and they kind of like <laughs> them off guard. And I'm like, I know, I know we'll get to like the reels and the stories and all of the features, but you have to start here. Um, so yeah, that is like the number one and the number one, most often, most frequent mistake that I see, but also the most impactful. So getting to, you know, our, our, 
podcast is called Telepractice Today. So (laughs) pulling telepractice into it. What do you think we can do to, I feel like sometimes telepractice needs a (laughs) rebranding from, Mm -hmm. you know, like 2020 and things that happened there where we all had to do it. So if there's, um, you know, people like me and Todd who are just trying to get the word out of using this, this as a platform. Form, or if it's like a, a private practice owner who is um, doing it primarily through telepractice, what do you see as like a way to kind of rebrand and resell that on social media? Um, well, so first I'll just say I was part of the 2020 telepractice um, experience. The wave. <laughs> telepractice wave. Yeah. COVID yeah. wave. <laughs> Um, I actually had the opportunity to do telepractice in grad school for um, an elementary school that was in very, very, very rural Oklahoma and just didn't have access to a speech pathologist. And so um, I've had a little experience with it. And I think the like the best light to shine on it is just the value that it brings to patients who or clients who otherwise would go without therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, in, in the pediatric space, it's great because we get to do more like caregiver coaching and we get to really like let the parents be our hands in therapy and we're just kind of coaching them through it. So then they can facilitate that you know, every other hour of the week, because sometimes we only get an hour with these kiddos. Um, and so I think there's so, so much good that comes from teletherapy and really highlighting that. And, um, one of my favorite ways to show something like that is through storytelling. And so sharing stories of your clients and how, you know, maybe we started, um, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago about um, feeding therapy, like for PFD kiddos through teletherapy. And that's something that, you know, we would think what those two things don't go together, Um, but they have major success stories because the kiddo is at home. They're with mom, they're Mm -hmm. comfortable and we're teaching mom how to facilitate the therapy. And so they were seeing these, incredible success stories and not just for the child who's, you know, progressing and their skills are developing and they're improving, but also you see this parent become, they go from fearful and, you know, to not be able to feed your child. That's like your job as a, as a mother and to go from this place of being afraid and feeling, um, like you're, it's impossible to do your job to being empowered and being the one to facilitate that growth in your child. Like, tell me a better story because right. <laughs> I don't know that there is one. Um, yeah. And so just being able to show that transformation, um, I think that the value there speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. um yeah, I think I think like you said there there was an interesting experience for a lot of us, but I think that so much good came out of it. Um and it really like forced us to reevaluate like what we thought was possible, right? Um mm-hmm. and so and to change what we thought was possible. Um and so I think 
storytelling is a great tool to use to uh, position teletherapy in kind of a different light. I would agree. Yeah. (laughs) So one more question about uh, the work that you're doing now. So artificial intelligence is big in the news right now. Um, How do you think it's can be used um, to shape marketing or speech pathology? Just, just throwing it out there as a topic. Yeah. Um, So this is, something that I find very fascinating, um, like chat GPT and just, mm-hmm. um, there's another one called Jarvis and right. that one, it was called something else. And I actually had a subscription to it for a little while previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at dinner with a friend this weekend and her boyfriend uses chat GPT in his work every day. Um, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of sales. And so he, he can say, Hey, you know, write up, an email to so-and-so and and I want to hit these three points and I want the tone to be blah, blah, blah. And it takes care of it for him. Um, I used it. I used it the other day to figure out how to word a message to a patient of you haven't paid me in three months. So I'm going to stop services until you pay. Just those things that you're like, I don't, I know what I want to say, but I can't figure out how to say it. I feel like it's really useful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so after you had it write it for you, did you send it off right away or did you make edits to it? I made some, I made some edits, but also in, in those instances where it's something where this is the thing that this is kind of a tangent, but this is the thing that I have a hard time with in private practice is it is just me. Like, I don't have a billing department that can be the mean person Mm -hmm. who goes and asks for the money. (laughs) So I kind of liked that I did leave it almost word for word what it said because I felt like the less personal I made it, the better it was because Mm. it's like, this is just business. I just need you to pay me. (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, But I, I found it really helpful for those things that you're just like, I just don't know how to say this. And it's not something that's so important that I say it exactly this way or that that it's going to matter, you know, in a week. Mm-hmm. I, and just being an overthinker of how everything is worded and things like that, it keeps me from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that it is incredibly valuable. And the thing that um, I think it's hard to wrap my mind around is that like how much it knows. And, you know, I feel like Mm. I'm an internal student. I, I was a cosmetologist before I was a speech pathologist and now I do marketing and social media. And, um, I also wrote a children's book. And so like, I've done like lots of different things and I feel like I have this insatiable desire to just know everything. And that's impossible as a human. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's what AI does. It knows so much more Mm -hmm. than any one person could ever know. And so I do think it's an incredibly valuable tool. Do I recommend having it write your social media captions and then blasting them off without editing? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, I think it's a good starting point. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if I am feeling like a little less than creative, Um, it's a really good starting point to 
just get my wheels turning. Um, there's, I use the captions app and it gives you those fun captions for reels that you can set the colors and it mm-hmm. adds emojis and all of that. And one of the other features of the app is after it formulates all of your captions for you, it gives you a suggestion or yeah, captions on the video. It gives you a suggested, um, like written caption for that video. And so sometimes just reading that will spark my creativity and send me off in a similar direction, but using like the personal experience that I have and knowing Mm -hmm. the voice of the client that I'm writing for. Um, So I think that it is incredibly valuable and the possibilities with it truly, I think, are just endless and will only continue to grow. but I don't recommend using it blindly. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, it's, it's definitely going to continue to grow. It's always learning. So um, until the terminators come, we will keep (laughs) trying to do what we do. And it's very fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. I I've just started to play around with it a bit and, uh, and, and it is interesting. (laughs) The results I got, and and as I'm learning how to use it, you know, it's all about the prompts and how you tell it what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are specific enough, but um, giving it some leeway, it it can produce some very good material. So yeah. it's interesting. But it, what's what's fascinating with me, like on Canva, they're starting to integrate AI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of the other sites, of course, and and now they're getting into audio and video and all these other things that we're seeing, even like the deep fakes and things like that. That's kind of been out there, but now it's it's becoming a little more accessible to the average person with yeah. some of these technologies. So it's going to be interesting as we go forward how how we um, use it appropriately, especially yeah. within telepractice and speech language pathology, and see how it all plays out in the end. Yeah. But, but Sarah, how can people reach out to you if they want your advice and counsel and want to um, contract with you to have you do their social media and marketing? Um, so I am most commonly found on Instagram. Um, that's where my people hang out at. That's where I spend all of my time. Um, and my Instagram is social.moguls. Um, and then my website is just social-moguls.com and you can get all of the info about, um, we do done for you management. So we take care of your social media presence from A to Z. And then, um, I also do one-on-one coaching. So for people who know a little bit, but need some handholding and want to grow and need some ideas on how to do that. And then um, I have a DIY social media course for speech pathologists um, that you go at your own pace. And then we do have some live calls where you can get feedback and get questions answered. Um, Yeah. So you can find all of the info about all of that on both Instagram and my website. Wonderful. Well, best of luck to you and uh, hope you have continued success. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, Sarah, again for joining us on the podcast. Go check her out over at Social Moguls. 
And what I like about Sarah's journey is she started as a speech-language pathologist and continues to use that knowledge and skills, but in a different way. And she's helping others develop their social media marketing as well as other marketing strategies. So I just think she's doing a, a wonderful thing. So check her out if you need her help with anything. And uh, with that, we do appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you don't mind, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, share, whatever you'd like to do. We also love those five-star reviews that helps us move up in the rankings and to attract some new subscribers and new listeners. So anytime you feel that you can do that, we certainly appreciate it. Until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.